Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. You know how life doesn't stick to a schedule? Well, why should your paycheck? That's where Earn In comes in. It's an app that lets you access the money you've earned right when you need it, not just on payday. Imagine this, your dog suddenly needs a vet or your kid has a little accident and needs a dentist, ASAP. We've been there and waiting for your payday in those situations just doesn't make sense and it adds unnecessary stress. With EarnIn, you can pull up to $100 per day or up to $750 each pay period directly from your earnings without the crazy fees or interest rates. It's super simple. Download the EarnIn app, verify your paycheck, and get access to your earnings as you earn them. You decide what to tip, and whatever you use gets settled on your next payday. More than 3.5 million users are finding relief and a sense of security with EarnIn, calling it a lifeline for financial stability. That peace of mind, it's priceless, and it could be yours. Ready to give it a try? Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Clutter under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help out the show. That's Clutter under Podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. You're listening to Wannabe Clutter-Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, with Deanna Yates, episode number 155. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Terry Crawley about the importance of sleep and how our home environments can make or break those precious sleeping hours. It's a fascinating conversation, and if you've struggled with getting enough sleep in the past, and honestly, what parent hasn't, you do not want to miss this conversation. Well, hello again, my wannabe clutter-free friend. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. If this is your first time here, well then, welcome to the show. I am truly honored to have you. I hope you like what you hear and you come back for more. On today's show, I'm chatting with Terry Crawley about our bedrooms, the clutter we keep in there, how it affects our sleep, and what we can do about it. I think we all know that we need more sleep, but we struggle with, quote, fitting it in. I know because this is an area where I struggle too. It seems like when life gets busy, sleep is the first area to suffer. And the crazy part is that sleep should be what we prioritize the most when life gets busy. My expert this week is going to help us do just that. As a registered nurse, certified clinical sleep educator, certified professional in healthcare quality, and certified in clinical sleep health, Terry Crowley has devoted much of her career to sleep health and wellness. An author, sleep health advocate, and co-founder of a four-bed sleep disorder center, Terry serves as a national consultant and speaker to a large number of organizations and clients. She also serves on the board of directors for Start School Later, Inc. and the advisory board for the American Sleep Association. She holds bachelor's degrees in sociology and nursing and a master's in healthcare management. Terry is the co-author of the book Sleeping Your Way to the Top, as well as a children's book Snooze Bee and the Great Big Bedtime Battle. 
She clearly knows what she's talking about when it comes to sleep. Our conversation was fascinating, and I've made a few changes in our home since we've chatted, so I know you are going to enjoy it, and it will probably inspire you into action too. But before we dive in, I'd love to ask for you to leave a rating or a review for the Wannabe Clutter-Free podcast. You can do it right now in the app you're using to listen to this episode. And if you are listening on Spotify, you can leave a comment for this episode, just like a blog post. And if you're listening on Apple, you can leave me a review. I just highlighted this recent review in my Instagram stories as well. Elfoss1 said, and I quote, so relatable. Love listening to Deanna each week. Her and her content are both great and help you on your decluttering journey. She gives great info without being prescriptive when it comes to minimalism. End quote. Elfoss1, thank you for taking the time to leave me a review. It really does make my day, and I am so happy to hear that you are enjoying the podcast. I wish you all the best on your decluttering journey. And if you're listening to this and you think, huh, I should do that too, well then head over to the rating section in your app and leave me a review. And one more thing to mention before we get into the episode, if you want the show notes along with the transcript of our conversation, head over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 155, and there you will find all the info we talk about today, including links to Terry's website and all of her resources. Again, you can find it all at wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 155. And now let's get on to our conversation. Well, hi, Terry. Welcome to the Wannabe Minimalist Show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Tiana. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here today. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. This topic's going to be really interesting. I don't think we've covered it in depth on the podcast before. So I'm really excited to talk to you about sleep and why it's so important. But let's first, let's not jump in too fast. So let's find out a little bit more <laughs> about you. So tell us about yourself, Terry, and why are you so passionate about sleep? I am a registered nurse. And way back in the day, way back when we were in nursing school, we didn't talk a lot about sleep, but it does come up pretty frequently in the profession because of a lot of ship work and just heavy schedules and 12-hour shifts, you name it, sleep is an issue. It just never got much attention. So just quite by accident, I fell into helping out with a clinical trial for insomnia. And I met some sleep doctors who said, come down to the sleep lab for a week. So I went to their sleep lab and slept all day and worked all night. And I was absolutely fascinated. It was so amazing. I learned so much and I thought, why isn't everybody going crazy about this? And it's so important for you. And this, I remember this, the first patient I saw trying to sleep with sleep apnea and it was so shocking. And I thought, oh my God, she's going to wake up and then go to work and drive and do everything. How can he? He had such a bad night of sleep. So anyway, it was just so impactful and I started reading about it and learning about it. I went home, opened a sleep clinic, and I have just been doing this ever since. So it's been really fascinating. And I try to get the message out to anyone who will listen, whether they're in pre-K or at a senior center. So I, I hit all ages with my messaging and I love doing it. Oh, so fascinating. And I love how sometimes life takes us on a path that we weren't really expecting. We just have oh, these yeah. things that come in front of us. And I'm trying to instill that idea of just saying yes and trying new things yes. in our daughter. She's nine. And I just, 
I just, I don't know. I love that you shared that part of your story because I think that's really interesting and important that we try new things. And so thanks. Anyway, I'm getting off the topic of sleep, but but, it's a cool thing. Yeah. So honestly, if you're listening, make sure you say yes, because you never know where you might find your passion. So that's just a little side tip for us today. But let's talk about why is sleep so important? I know it's important. Everybody tells us it's important. Things happen. Important things happen when we're sleeping. We need rest. But what happens when we sleep? Because I am somebody that needs like a concrete reason. Sometimes when there's these Mm -hmm. abstract reasons, it's really hard for me to be like, all right, turn the phone off and go to bed because I don't want to. So why is it so important? Yeah. Okay, that's a great question because that's what makes my job so darn hard. (laughs) It is so difficult because I have to get the points across about the importance of sleep. No one really knows why we sleep. It is, it's a mystery. It's a relatively new subspecialty in medicine. And people my age will know this reference. We used to call it the Rodney Dangerfield of sleep. I mean, of medicine, it got no respect. Ah. back in the early days. So it was just one of those things where really, but now we understand there's been exciting research. And I think that's part of my attraction to the field. The research is new. It's exciting. We learn new things all the time. And basically what it does, it does a lot of housekeeping to our minds and our bodies that really impact pretty much every aspect of our functioning. And here's where the problem is. It it affects so much, impacts so much, and can really make or break you, whether you get it or not, or if it's good quality sleep, et cetera. But what we've not done is had a good relationship with it for many, many years. I think a lot of people, a lot of people that I've run into and talked with and worked with have a very, sometimes it's obvious, sometimes not so obvious, contempt of sleep and the need for sleep. And they see it through an interesting lens of it's taking up my time. It's keeping me from being successful. I, I'm ambitious and, and I don't want to spend all these hours sleeping. I'll sleep when I'm dead. And what I'm trying to do is flip the script on that and really tell people to stop and take a good look at how do you perceive sleep and let's turn it around where we look at sleep with a lot of respect and with a lot of enthusiasm and positivity and say, I can be so much better when I get that sleep. So let's do it and let's take out some of the bad things we've been doing. For instance, one of the big ones is I need to trade my sleep hours for waking hours because I need to get more done. Well, here's the thing. We do more and we do it better and we're better when we get sufficient sleep. So we have to start looking at it very in, in a new lens and say, I, I can do so much more than I'm doing. I can be happier. I can be healthier. I can think more clearly. I can focus. I will have better relationships with friends and families. I'll be a better team member. I'll be more ethical. I'll be less stressed. There. We don't have time today to go through all the things that sleep impacts. So I can just, (laughs) the easy way out is to say it impacts everything. So in such a positive way. So I want people to pay attention to it and to really say, am I prioritizing it like I should? 
or if they're having challenges with diet and exercise, those will probably continue unless you pay attention to sleep. So it's a it's peddling back to let's get back to the basics, fundamentals. What's the most important thing we can do to lead a better life? And the answer is sleep. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, okay. You said there for a moment of like quantity. So let's skip down to that. I had this question a little bit later, but how much sleep should we actually be getting? And if you don't mind starting with kids, because we have a lot of moms that listen to this show. So if yes. kind of the sleep ranges for younger kids too, that would be fantastic. Yes. And the younger kids obviously need a lot. So it starts off with these great big sleep needs and they go down as we get older. But I'm going to insert the teenager thing here now. It's 9.25 hours of sleep they need every single night. That's a 9.25. So they really need to stay in that area to get the best benefits. Mental health, physical health depends upon that sleep, learning, everything. So that's a crucial, critical time period because to these schools that start at 7.20 in the morning, it really doesn't get the teens are not getting the sleep they need. That's a different topic. But adults basically need seven to nine hours. There are very, very few adults that need less than seven to nine. And the ones that do are called short sleepers. Hmm. Statistically, probably less than 1% of the entire population. It's a genetic variant. Very few people have it, but they share the same sort of personality traits. They're very outgoing. They tend to be successful. They've got a lot of time on their hands, of course, to to be <laughs> successful and to do everything. But the problem is people who think they can become short sleepers, like that it's something they can acquire, even though they're, they don't have the biology for it or the genetic makeup for it. They can acquire it or just power through, learn how to get by with less. That is a huge mistake, a dangerous mistake, because it does not work that way. Sleep is a biological need. It's just think about having water and being thirsty. You can't just walk around saying, well, I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to power through it. I'm going to ignore that thirst sensation that I feel. And I'm going to do everything I can to get through the day with no water. We know that's totally crazy. It's right. Yeah. Bad for us. We wouldn't do it. So, but I find so many adults don't really look at sleep as a biological need. It's more of a character trait. And they look at it like that and treat it as such. And that's where we get into problems. And if you hop on the American Academy of Sleep Medicine, they have a education portal and a lot of great things for children. So it'll go through every age and the sleep requirements for each age. But I would pay close attention and urge the parents to pay cl close attention to those sleep requirements and really aim for those. These researchers have spent lots of time and effort making sure those numbers are accurate. So it's something to strive for. I think with kids, we really need to approach sleep with positivity. Never put your kid to bed early as a punishment or let them stay up late as a reward. And really, let's talk about sleep early and often with children because that can affect them throughout their entire lives. And that's how important the topic is. And we can, if we can get little kids to understand they just have to brush their teeth every night, right? It's a non-negotiable thing. I think we can get the sleep message across. It's tricky. Why do we sleep? Fear of missing out, all that good stuff. But we really have to do it for their sake. Oh, I love that. And actually the high school timing, I know that's a big 
big topic. And here, I think it's statewide. I'm in California. So I think statewide, they passed the law that high school can't start. I think it's before 830. I don't know. Again, our daughter's only nine. So it just went into effect this year and it doesn't affect us right now. So I didn't really pay too close attention. But I know a lot of my friends had to shift around their schedules. So I think the elementary school starts first, the junior high is second, and then I think the high school is now third, which I think that was flipped the other way, which does make sense. Our young kids wake up earlier, right? And our teens want to sleep in. So why were we punishing them? So I feel thankful that we have had that change here. So hopefully that will move across more places and at least those little changes can be. And I do like that idea of a systemic change, right? Something where we are as a society pushing for more sleep for our kids, which I think is great. Yeah. Deanna, you'd be so surprised at how much pushback we got. Oh, of course. (laughs) And you just sit there and think, any change. Are you crazy? I don't want to be lack of information, lack of knowledge, of course, but it's, we go crazy trying to think, well, so much is wrapped up in sleep in these teenagers, drowsy driving accidents, suicidal ideation, mm-hmm. weight gain, anxiety, depression, substance abuse, risk-taking behavior. All of these things are connected to sleep. These are huge things. So it can easily be a matter of life or death. And I'm so proud of California and the people that made this happen. And I went to California several times while we tried to get this going. and. Cool. It's just so amazing that your state did this and bravo, we have to take care of our kids and this is such an important way to take care of them. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yay. Thanks. Thanks for being a part of that and helping get that pushed through. And I hope that the other work you're doing can help others as well. So that's awesome. Yeah. One of the things you talk about is this term called sleep hygiene. And you were talking about brushing your teeth. And so obviously when I think of hygiene, I think of like cleaning our bodies and that kind of stuff. What do you mean by sleep hygiene and how does that help with a good night's rest? Yeah, it really just refers to good sleep habits. And we can often get caught up in in not having good sleep habits. They're pretty darn simple. We go over these a lot. We can find them listed everywhere. But just the real basics about things you can do, really good sleep habits probably start the first thing in the morning. One of the great things you can do is get some natural light in the morning that helps reset your body clock and actually helps you fall asleep on time at night. So it starts early in the day. We don't want to have caffeine all day long. If you really require caffeine throughout the entire day to stay alert and awake, something's wrong. You're either not getting enough sleep or if you're in that, say you're in bed for seven to nine hours every night, but you don't wake up refreshed and you have trouble getting through the day, you could have an undiagnosed sleep disorder. So look at those kinds of things. If you come to one of my workshops and fall asleep immediately, I could be incredibly boring, but, and sometimes I am, but your reaction would be just to be bored or to text your friends and say, wow, Terry is really boring today. But people will fall asleep and say, well, I had, I fell asleep. They're bored. No, that's just unmasking the sleepiness that's going on. So we have to really think about being sleepy during the day in, in another context. Don't ignore signs of a sleep disorder. I tell people to look at sleep as a vital sign. And it's just so fundamental and important. So if you're not sleeping well, or if you are sleeping well, address your sleep 
at every single healthcare provider encounter. That's rule number one. Make that just like you're going to address your blood pressure, your pulse, your respirations, and your temperature, address sleep. Another sleep hygiene or sleep good sleep habit is turn the electronics off early in the evening, power down, and get away from those screens. The, the blue light suppresses the melatonin that we need to fall asleep and stay asleep. Now, of course, interactive screen behavior is a lot more stimulating than passive. Some people tell me they cannot, for the life of them, fall asleep unless the TV's on. I'd like to say just don't get in that habit. Try to get electronics out of the bedroom. But with that being said, if that's the only way you can fall asleep and the screen's a little bit further from your eyes and face than, say, a, your handheld phone, then okay, and then put it on a timer because we want you to get your sleep. But if that helps you fall asleep, so be it. But just don't try to get people started in that direction. Don't put TV in kids' bedrooms. That makes me crazy. Just try to do that. And of course, pay attention to the sleep surface. What's the last time you went mattress shopping? People roll their eyes. It's got that used car thing like, oh, I don't want to hear about it. But sleep service is so important. And there's new technology out every year that can really make or break a good night's sleep. I talk to couples all the time. Some couples sleep beautifully together. They take advantage of new technology. They can have split mattresses. One person's head can be up the and not snoring and the other person can lie flat. There's all kinds of great things. But another great option is sleeping separately. And I don't want to use the term yeah. sleep divorce, but I just use it. So but don't, <laughs> but look, yeah. don't say sleep divorce, but don't perceive that as a negative because your relationships will be better. Your communication is better. Your level of gratitude is better. And we're just happier, less irritable people when we get sufficient sleep every night. So if you have one and your love life suffers when you don't get sleep, that's the irony. Your libido goes down, fertility problems occur when you're not getting enough sleep. So when, you know, people will look at first glance and say, you're telling me I'll have a better love life if I sleep separately. And the answer is, yeah, if you're not having a great one now, try it. And I always say, go to bed mad. We're just going to mess up everything today on your podcast. Go to bed, mad. When you're tired, that is not the time yeah. to start talking about someone's grades aren't what they should be or someone borrowed the car without asking. Don't bring things up when you're tired and acknowledge that. Just, I'm too tired to discuss that in a good way, in a healthy, constructive way. That's what sleep deprivation does to us. When we're awake for a certain amount of time, 16 hours, I think the study said, beyond that time, we start to behave sort of incrementally like we're intoxicated. Hmm. And you know how, so again, that's just further evidence of don't start things late at night. It's been a long day. You're going to probably say things you regret or have some bad interactions going on. Just sleep on it. You've heard the expression, sleeping on things helps. See, everything's real active while we're asleep. Our brains are doing a lot of really good housekeeping. We'll have better emotional regulation. We have a better outlook. We're definitely less stressed when we're well-rested. And when I say these things, I'm really talking about sufficient sleep every single day of the week. I know it's common that people 
would undersleep during the week and then use the weekend to catch up. Now, the, I'm not saying don't do that if for some reason you haven't gotten enough sleep. If you're traveling, say, or something's going on, baby's got colic or whatever. But it, the best thing you could do is get that sleep every single night because there's a lot of cellular, the damage that's being done to our bodies with, with sleep deprivation. We don't know if we can completely undo that solely with extra sleep on the weekends. Sure, it helps, but we don't want to get make that a habit or just a lifestyle. And I've run across people that that's how they roll all the time. Very little sleep during the week and a lot of sleep on the weekends. And of course, that can turn into Sunday night insomnia, where you've been sleeping all day Sunday, trying to make up for that sleep debt, and then you're wide awake. Sunday night, and then then you you're up late, can't sleep, and you go to bed. You go to work exhausted Monday morning. So that's another, yeah, that's a tough cycle to get into and to get out of. So any suggestions for how to help people get out of that cycle? Because again, there, if you're in that, and I'm not going to say that I, I'm definitely not a perfect sleeper by any means. I and we, but we generally tend to get a good amount of sleep. I feel like we in the house definitely prioritize sleep. I'm never perfect. So I'm not going to say that I do it every night. And we definitely do the stay up a little bit later on the weekends and sleep Mm -hmm. in a little bit later on the weekends. Um, But I don't feel like we sleep all day to try to catch up, which I thankfully, yay, I'm feeling a little bit good about that part. So any tips on how to reset that clock back? This podcast is supported by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. We've been using Active Skin Repair for a few months now, and I am seriously impressed. They use a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which is pretty much a superhero in skincare. It mimics your body's own immune response, helping to cleanse, soothe, and reduce inflammation to support the natural healing process. And let me tell you, it works for more than just scraped knees. Whether it's sunburns, rashes, or even more persistent issues like eczema or acne, Active Skin Repair has got you covered. The best part? It's totally safe and non-toxic. That means it's gentle enough for every skin type, from the little ones to grandma and everyone in between, making it the go-to for everyone in the family. I scraped my knuckle the other day while doing laundry, and my first thought was to grab the Active Skin Repair because one, it doesn't sting like other products, and two, I knew it would help me heal faster. So if you're looking for a natural, effective way to handle boo-boos, check out Active Skin Repair. And because you're a listener, you can get 20% off your order. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair. And to get 20% off your order, use code CLUTTERFREE. Again, that's ActiveSkinRepair.com and use code CLUTTERFREE to get 20% off your order. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt 
free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Yeah, one of the things you can do is set a bedtime alarm. A lot of people only focus on the morning alarm. The bedtime alarm can help prevent bedtime procrastination. Mm-hmm. And don't hit the snooze button. That was a habit of mine way before I got into sleep medicine. And that snooze button just ruins that last so important sleep mm-hmm. cycle where you're getting a lot of REM sleep. We need that. We need that cycle. And that's getting deprived of REM sleep can have some bad, cause some bad things going on. And so I would definitely not do that. Set the alarm for the latest possible minute and then get that sleep. And I would also, if you get up in the middle of the night, say to use the restroom, try not to check your phone or mm. the clocks or, but gosh, I've, this is a recent thing that people I've talked to and I've just started back my workshops after COVID and to, people are saying, oh my gosh, I get up in the middle of the night, I use the restroom, check my phone. And then all of a sudden someone's texted me and I got a text back. And then someone sent a, there's something on Twitter. I have to double check. And I'm like, and then they say, so I'm up for an hour in the middle of the night. And then they stressed out because they're thinking, I've got to get up in three or four more hours and I'm going to be exhausted. And it's just this vicious cycle. So Uh try not to get that light and that content in the middle of the night that wakes you up. And then of course, I think it's always our minds tend to go into overdrive when our heads hit the pillow when we go to bed at night. All of us have experienced that racing mind. And then you think of all the things I should have done, could have done. Did I remember to do that? And and all this stuff. There's two things that can help with that. First of all, it's great for kids. We all use it. We all do it with kids. Bedtime routine. You've got that bedtime routine. There's so much magic into in a bedtime routine. I cannot tell you. It helps you transition your mind and body from wakefulness to sleep. It helps you get to bed on time. It helps relax you and helps you fall asleep. But another thing for the grownups or teens on up is to have that to-do list or to worry about list. Some people call it a brain dump. Do it at the end of your workday, but just get it out. I think a lot of people find getting it on a piece of paper helps things look not, look manageable. Put them in columns. Put them, I need to deal with that, or I don't need to deal with that right now. I'll deal with that later. It doesn't take long, but it can help you get into a great sort of state of mind. And then, of course, the last thing I tell people is don't try to fall asleep. Never try to fall asleep. Always the goal, what you want to do, the objective is just to relax and sleep will follow. So try to find something pleasant and relaxing. That doesn't involve the electronics, but oh my gosh, knitting, needlepoint, crosswords. I love to read. I have to read at night, but it's so relaxing. I was pulling out some studies the other day for better sleep quality in children and adults who read before bed. Great, great stuff out there. And I think when I made that transition, I really did notice a change in how how refreshed I felt in the morning. And I think maybe the biggest game changer all in all for me was blackout curtains. That super, super, super dark sleep environment. Wow. The first morning I woke up was like, oh, I feel so good. (laughs) I thought I'd overslept. I was like, 
this, I feel fantastic. And it's just the darker the room, the better. So, or you could do us if that's not an option, the sleep masks, there are new ones out that are more comfortable, easier to sleep in. You don't get your hair caught yeah. in the back. So the, those are some of my tried and true. Love I will it. never tell people to do this and that if I don't do this and that. I'm right there with you. Yep. 100%. I definitely yep. try to walk the walk as I talk the talk. So for sure. Yeah. And I will kick myself if I don't mention get the clutter out of the bedroom. Yeah, let's talk that about is, that. You have oh some my God, clutter. for decluttering our bedrooms. So I want the bedroom to be the most minimalist room in your entire home. No exceptions. I don't want, I don't even want a basket of unfolded laundry. I don't want papers take the bills out. Don't even keep, don't bring your to-do list in there. Keep that out of the bedroom. Keep everything out of the bedroom that you can. I want the color of the bedroom to be something that is calming and relaxing to you. And like I said, minimalist. Clutter is so distracting. And when you're distracted, you're not going to get the sleep you need. And when you don't get the sleep you need, you're more likely to engage in behaviors where clutter becomes a problem. When we're sleep deprived, our prefrontal cortex is so adversely impacted. So we can't make decisions. We can't get organized. We can't focus. And pretty soon we've got clutter. And there are studies about sleep deprivation and hoarding. Think about that. Yes, we don't think straight. And then we start collecting things. And then pretty soon we're sharing the bed with magazines from three years ago, or we've got a stack of things we need to deal with, or we've got the treadmill that we're hanging our clothes on. We can't, we stop making good decisions and we stop getting things done. Remember earlier I said, we get more done when we're well-rested and we do it better. But when we're tired, it's that foggy thinking. We can't make decisions. And then it's poor judgment. It's procrastination. And then that stress starts eating us up. Obviously, when anyone sees clutter, I can't, even on the hoarding shows, those people are stressed out to the max. And here, that's another connection. There's a, I think the researchers from Walter Reed, side of Washington, in Washington, the researcher says, Sufficient sleep is like Kevlar for the mind. It makes us bulletproof. We are so resilient when we're well-rested. We can handle stressors. And obviously, the less we sleep, the more stressed we feel and the more stressed we are and the more, I think, we're less motivated, we're less optimistic. We don't have that can-do attitude or roll up your sleeve, let's get this room clean. You don't have the energy to do any of it. So, that's where it all is connected. So get the clutter out and even get the, even if you have your closet doors closed, you know, what's in your line of sight when you sleep? If, even if you have a very neat, organized closet, keep the doors closed. But if it's something where you're throwing all the junk in there and you close the door, you still know it's there just like under the bed. Cause I, I've talked to people, even under the bed clutter, it's there. And on some, it's distracting you. So I would just toss, 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 get some well-rested friends and have some (laughs) help going through things. But boy, when it comes to sleep hygiene and that sleep environment, I start with, I start there. 
neatness and minimalist, I just start right there. And because you also want it easy to clean. We don't want those. We don't want a lot of dust. We want clean air. A few, there's some plants that naturally clean the air that are, be careful with kids and pets, what plants you choose. But usually you can find a list that will take formaldehyde out of the air and really clean the air that you're breathing in while you sleep. That really contributes to sleep quality. So pay close attention to that clutter-free zone. Love that. Well, and I think too, you mentioned earlier about the emotional regulation that we have that sleep helps with. Because clutter is so, and decluttering the process of, is so emotionally draining. Mm-hmm. And if you aren't able to regulate those motion, emotions, it is much harder right. for you to make that decision to say, okay, I, yeah. yes, I cherish this or it's sentimental, but I have this, this, and this that I also have that maybe remind me of the same person or the same time. Maybe right. I can pick my favorite. And it's harder to make those decisions, those tough decisions. Yeah. When you don't have the ability to because you're just worn out. And then the more sleep deprived, we tend to get socially isolated. And that's where friendships suffer. That's where we're not going out. We don't have the energy, the motivation, the good feelings, the good vibes, the energy. And that's, see how it can compound and just, it just goes on and on. And pretty soon we've got the clutter problem. Pretty soon we could it could evolve into hoarding. And you've seen them on the shows where they start getting irritable if someone just says, well, let's look at this. Do you really need that magazine from where, whenever? Or And they're not thinking straight, but then they get so upset with whomever is trying to help. And see, that's that's our brain on sleep deprivation. And, and that's what's so sad because I think right now people are saying, well, Okay, some of it makes sense, but I'm talking quality of life issues. And really quality of life and how is your life? And I think it's just something that people haven't looked to or or thought about in a way they should or as much as they should, and then really make it a huge priority in their lives. Hmm. Yeah. I usually tell people to start with their entryway or their closet when they're decluttering. I think I might actually start shifting to the bedroom first. That makes Go sense. Go backwards. Yeah. Bedroom first. Get yeah. the bedroom done first so you can start getting that sleep so then you feel better and everything else starts working together. Sure. Oh, Terry, well, this has yeah. been wonderful. All right. I got some more questions. We're not done. I'm just excited about it. Okay, so why should we think of our bedroom as a cave? You have talked about this before. I saw you post something about this, so I'm curious. Yeah, that's the cool, dark, and quiet. And we went over the the darkness. I would look at the cool temperatures, adults, mid-60s, whatever makes you comfortable, but tends to be cooler, the better. And that's another reason why we say warm bath and shower at bedtime. Although at first glance, it seems, well, that, what does that do with cool? Our body core, it'll, we cool off getting out of the warm bath or shower, which is conducive to sleep. So that's always a good thing. But a cool sleep temperature is fabulous. And noise is tricky. Anything you can do to mask outside noise, because noise will impact your sleep. Even if, even you might not remember in the morning that there was a car alarm going off three doors down, you might not have recollection or, but you might just slog through the day feeling pretty tired, but that did disrupt your sleep. So anything, whether it's a white noise machine or app 
or anything, ceiling fan in your room, anything that can mask any outside. And it's usually sounds that you're not quite familiar with. That's, it's a good thing for traveling too. I keep an app on my, on my phone for when I travel because, you know, with a hotel, you don't know what you're going to get, but I don't want to lose a night of sleep. Earplugs, the same. I wouldn't go anywhere without them. But now we're out in the country, so it's fairly quiet. But it's nice to get that cave meant to think of cave, and that's a good way. And I would also say, share this prioritization of the sleep environment with children of all ages. Even little kids, they have to hear that it's time for bed, go to bed, non-negotiable. But empower a child. Can they choose the pajamas that night? Can they, during the day, when you go pillow shopping, bring a young child, give them, let them pick out what feels comfortable and have them start really participating so they can be in a sleep management role rather than just a bedtime battle role. Pull them in, let them participate and let them help, help pick out a neutral color. And then again, with the clutter, are the toys in their line of sight when they're in bed? Put those away or put them just in a playroom or another area so it's not distracting. Kids need a sleep environment conducive to sleep and minimalist as well as adults. Hmm. Okay. I like that idea. Going to have to work on the line of sight in our daughter's room. But I am happy to know that the noise machine is acceptable because she has slept with a noise machine forever. One was just to mask like us watching a show sure. because that's sure. our time and after she would go to bed. So I will credit my husband for being very good about the bedtime routine and all of that because he really likes adult time. <laughs> but yeah. I think that's okay. I think if we're prioritizing things, it just was a win-win for all of us. And we're better parents when we get some time together and she gets sleep and we all get sleep. And so I definitely will credit him for that. So I can't take I can't take credit for that one. <laughs> and I am thankful because I probably would be struggling if I were right. just on my own trying to figure that out. But I also like the idea of the cave. And I think kids could really get on board with that and get excited about it because mm -hmm. it does make it more of a game for them mm -hmm. to be a part of. And yes, I think they feel like they're missing out when the parents get to stay up and they right. have to go to bed. And that's not really fun. But maybe if you could turn it into a cave and our daughter, she's really into reading and some mm -hmm. of the books she's read that I think could fit in with this are the Wings of Fire books where it's all yes. about dragons and they, some of them live in caves. Also, she's now into the Warriors books, which are cats. I don't know. I haven't read the Warriors <laughs> books, but they're all like these groups of cats that live out in the wild. So I'm sure there are caves in there that you could definitely work on. So maybe if if parents are thinking, I just had this idea as you were talking about it, of maybe you can take some of their characters and try to put that into how would a warrior cat make their mm -hmm. cave for sleeping at night and maybe getting them more involved if, your kid, if you're struggling to get your kids on board with sleep. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now... We're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, 
wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So, join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts, starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? laughing in the face of motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. That's perfect, perfect. And, and really pay attention to how we approach it at bedtime. You get to go to bed. And really, the rewards in the morning can be so integral to giving them the confidence that they can do it. And I think it's worth repeating a lot, starting at an early age, the daytime benefits of sufficient sleep. It's a, it's a reach. Yeah. But good morning, and you're in a happy mood, and sunshine, and what are we going to do today? And we got a good night's sleep. And even some really easy things, they can make little stars to reward themselves, not just from you, but let's color some stars. Let's put a sticker on our chart. Any kind of thing to do to really reinforce that, because like I said, that's a lifelong habit that can really put a child on a completely different trajectory when you think about learning. And then their physical health, a lot of young kids, we see, we're we seeing some parallel epidemics of obesity in fairly young kids because of the parallel, the use of electronics. And we know that's cutting in on their sleep. And we know obesity and sleep deprivation are closely related, causally related. And we tend to, our metabolisms are so damaged and so adversely affected and impacted by a lack of sleep. But we're seeing just to look at the problems now with kids and we have to stop and think, sleep comes first. They'll be more motivated to get exercise and get outside and play or inside or participate in sports, things like that when they're well-rested. And we know they're going to eat healthier foods when they're well-rested, just like adults. I know when I have an early flight, I walk through the airport <laughs> looking at donuts with a walk by. Normally, I don't even, I have, but when we're sleep deprived, we crave sugar and fat. So Imagine being sleep deprived all the time. And there are a lot of people, children through adults that are sleep deprived all the time. So this is an alarming situation. And we cannot fight this obesity unless we pay close attention to sleep. It's, it just won't happen. We can't make that better. And we always get the same response. I kid you not. I have friends, this friend of mine on Facebook, I go to the gym all the time, Terry. I go to the gym. I can't lose weight. I can't lose weight. And that first email response to her, I said, 
how much sleep are you getting? And the response is L-O-L, who has time? And I just want to pull my hair out of my head. It's just, you have to make time. You have to make time if you want to lose the weight and get healthy. And if you leave that out of the equation, it's an uphill battle. I'm not saying it can't be done, but boy, oh boy, not a good thing. And then I talk to mothers who say, my kids are this age, that age, this age. I can't be at a gym at 5 or 5.30 or 6 a.m. And I said, you will find me in the gym between 6.30 p.m. and 8 p.m. most nights. It does not hurt my sleep. I sleep a million times better when I go to the gym. And I try to make that a habit. Or if I can't get to the gym, I take a walk. But for years, there's been that evening exercise is bad for you type of thing. That's really interesting that you said about the the evening gym thing. I didn't actually know that that was a thing or a, a myth that we could overcome. All right. So the evening gym is not a bad thing. It's yeah. based on your chronotype. I I'm tend to be night owl, but I think we read the literature for so long was just kept repeating, repeating that evening, late afternoon, evening or nighttime exercise would totally disrupt your sleep. And I'm saying absolutely not. Find that sweet spot, but don't give up on exercise just because you've got this preconceived idea of I have to do it right and it has to be at 6 a.m. No. How many people, <laughs> there's, yeah. statistically speaking, there's probably not a lot of people that can do that all the time. So right. after dinner, walk, any kind of workout, Pilates, yoga, yoga at bedtime. Wow, that's a, a wonderful thing to do. Tai Chi during the days. There have been studies on Tai Chi and better sleep. It, it can be done. And I think that's where we have to say, what's best for me? And in my schedule, and just because of this, I'm not going to give up on that. And then, of course, if you have any sleep problem going on for any extended period of time, see a sleep doctor. Uh, most all insurances cover sleep physician visits. You can get such good information if you have, a, they will rule out a sleep disorder or, or rule it in and take care of it. You can go talk to physicians about insomnia. There's something called cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia, CBTI, does not involve medications, and it's been found to be more effective than sleep medications. So it's incredibly wonderful, and you can do it through telemedicine. You can do it in person. I think it's one of those things. Don't give up on your sleep, and if you get your sleep, in, a, don't stress out about it, of course, but take good care of it, and then good things will follow, and life will be easier. One thing I want to jump back in when we're talking about, we're going to go to kids just for a couple questions. I know we're, I, I want to be cognizant of our time, but you were talking about kids and the obesity parallel epidemic. Also, I, I know a lot of parents want their kids to succeed. That's why we put them in different things. We put them in all these activities because we want them to be well-rounded. We want them to be involved and active. Are there studies maybe you could let me link to or give me the links for, and I can put them in the show notes, about how sleep improves our learning capabilities or just mm -hmm. those abilities for kids? Because I think that might be one of the tipping points that parents finally need to see yeah. in order to understand that yeah. the sleep is actually such a priority because mm -hmm. kids that are well-rested do better in school or whatever those benefits are. I think those could be maybe that one last little piece they need to understand to then 
really prioritize the, oh, yeah. the sleep function. Oh, absolutely. Really impacts every aspect of learning. Just memory and the ability mm-hmm. to focus, the ability to really take it in and understand it and process it accordingly and just all of those things. And then we've got the kids that don't get enough sleep are having accidents and injuries. Mm. They're less coordinated. Uh, and then, of course, there's a behavior component. There's a link between sleep deprivation and bullying. Sleep-deprived kids tend to be more, more aggressive, violence and sleep deprivation. There's some interesting research along those lines. Obviously, we've had research on adults with their ethics. Mm. They're less ethical, mm-hmm. more likely to make errors of all kinds when they're sleep-deprived. But with children, think of how much behavior even factors into school success and being part of a team, cooperation, friendships, listening, following directions, and being motivated. Hmm. Think about the attitude of a child that, who really wants to excel. That's, your, that's the well-rested child who wants to excel, do better, learn more. They're more, gosh, the, there are lots of good information on creativity uh-huh. and sleep. Yeah. So I just think it opens up. There's so many opportunities and ways to see what your passion is, see and excel and do better at everything when you put that first. And I think it all goes back to what I said at the beginning. And I think a lot of adults harbor this bad attitude about sleep. I had a woman in California. I was there, um, start school later. That's the organization that devotes all their time and money and resources and energy to getting these healthy school start times. But one of the women I talked to, she said, my son studies from six to midnight every evening because I want him to go to an Ivy League school. She was very forthright about that's their goal. And I said, I got it. I get it. But let's look at how much sleep he's getting. There were struggles surrounding this schedule and so much effort and angst and And I could just tell this was a stressful thing, but they were going to do it so he could have that advantage. So I understand me where she's coming from. I said, that's where I brought back the, if he's well-rested, he can do the same amount of work. He can do it better. He can do it in less time. That's where it gets tricky. They don't believe that formula. They don't believe that you can do more and do it better with sufficient sleep. Our brains just work better, plain and simple. Yeah. So that's the struggle. So I think we need to keep that in the front of our, but if we're sleep deprived, what good are we? <laughs> we're not good role models. We're not going to be able to communicate this well. And how passionate are we going to be about it? Right. Gosh, what is it? The average American, I'm trying to think, they've got the age ranges, but time management, five, five hours a day on television, or just television, and then the electronics. So we think about screen time and how, how do we spend our days? Hmm. Don't cut. We, I think we always pick from sleep if we need more hours. Right. So if it's more hours on electronics, what are we going to, the takeaway is going to be sleep, not hmm. something else. So I'm, we just really have to sit down and, and look at our 24-hour day and say, how am I going to have the best days of my life and function optimally? peak performance, and truly enjoy. I cannot, happiness, happiness and sleep go hand in hand. So how how do I do this? What can I delegate? 
Hmm. What isn't that important? What shows? Do I need to binge watch that? What's the what's the takeaway risk benefit ratio? What can I be doing instead? We can do everything in moderation, but I would definitely start with based on age, who needs how much sleep every day and work around that. Just work around that. Yeah, I love that. All right, one maybe maybe two, but okay, one question Moms obviously listen to the show most, and I know that some are still in this stage with babies and newborns at home, and babies wake up in the middle of the night. So mm-hmm. what tips do you have to help these mamas that I remember those days just being so exhausted? Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you want to remember what it is like to or know what it's like to be sleep deprived, just think back to when you had a newborn. And the crazy decisions you would make or the things you would do, where you would put things, where, oh my goodness. I just look back at those days. Crazy. So what tips do you have for for moms like that? And dads too, but yeah, moms fall on moms a lot. Been there and done that. And and it's it's terrible. It's terrible. And I'll tell you another thing, it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. And we don't think about sleep like we should, especially in that period. Teenagers and new moms are in a very vulnerable category. Drowsy driving sounds very benign and innocuous. It, it, it's not. It's as dangerous as drunk driving. In some instances, even more dangerous because you don't have the reflexes. It's a bad thing. But we don't have the insight. First thing we lose when we're sleep deprived is insight. And we're more likely, people have told me, that's when I left the baby unattended on the changing table. I lost my focus or... I did this or I left the car seat. It, all these things occur. And this is a time where I think we have to really help each other and ask for help. And don't worry about the small stuff. Take a nap when the baby's nap. Don't worry about if your house isn't the way, ask somebody to come do it. If you can, hire a cleaning service for 90 days, temporary, but put things in place. And I want all family members to understand there are safety issues in all aspects of that when people are sleep deprived. And it's a very vulnerable time. And I would just give your family members and friends help when they need it, offer to come over so they can nap. And I want to tell mothers, new mothers, be very unapologetic for your need for sleep. I would be so unapologetic. I'd be very proactive and say, I'm sleep deprived. I'm not thinking clearly. It's not a bad character. It's biology. You have no control over it. So don't feel like you're not being super mom. A lot of the things we see aren't realistic that we see on portrayed on tele, social media or anywhere just out there. We, it's not real life. It can be brutal and it's, often, it's a very hard, difficult period. And that's a time to look out for each other, pitch in, make it a very team approach to making sure mom is getting plenty of rest and helping wherever you can. And the moms can't sweat the small stuff. And I think we have to understand the limitations that occur when we're sleep deprived and, and res- have a healthy respect for for the need for sleep and, and a healthy awareness of what happens when we don't get it. We have that with alcohol now, for the most part, that we didn't have 30 years ago, I'm an old timer. And I I remember the days when we didn't know better. So people would get in their cars and drive after a night out having adult beverages. People would smoke in restaurants. I remember my father lighting up in a restaurant where all all the kids are at the table and it was smoking. 
we didn't have the information. So similarly, we did not have the, we have not had the information on the dangers of sleep deprivation. We do have it now. So I think that's, that means a whole new lens that we look at, look through, and then look at, look at postpartum depression. A lot of that is related to sleep deprivation. And that's another thing. All those postpartum visits bring up your sleep. Don't, don't think, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm weak. I don't have a strong character. All of that stuff is, is not related to getting that biological need for sleep. So talk about it. Don't be, you don't keep it to yourself. Don't feel less than a wonderful mom because you need sleep. You're a good mom when you appreciate the need for sleep and that you get it and make it a top priority. Thank you. I love how you worded that and and just gave people permission to say, I need sleep. And that is perfectly acceptable. Yeah. In fact, it should be expected. Mm -hmm. And yeah, mm -hmm. how sad of us as a society to prioritize other things over mm -hmm. sleep and taking care of our little ones. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. Okay. One final question. I know I've asked you a lot, but the one yes, that I know is difficult for parents too, is their kids that wake up in the middle of the night, come into mom and dad's uh -huh. bed. Uh -huh. Let's talk about that. What do you have strategies that. for getting the kids back to bed in a nice, kind way where I know people feel really guilty about that in the middle of the night because they feel like their kids need them for something? Yeah. Yeah. I spot any attention is better than no attention, especially for those instances. I say be very dispassionate, be like a boring robot. Matter of fact, any emotional response in you, it's going to bring out a spark of response. But you just calmly, dispassionately walking them back to bed. Make sure your child is comfortable with a transitional object in bed. Do they have something, whether it's a blanket, a, a stuffed toy, something that they like to sleep with? All of this, of course, depends upon the age. I think a lot of positive praise for sleeping in their own bed. And again, have they participated in that sleep environment? Have they been able to express all of their concerns. I certainly don't acknowledge the whole monster where people say, oh, I'm going to look under your bed for monsters or spray this. Oh, God, don't do that. No. We didn't um, do that. Yeah. Just there are, there are none. And I, but it plans <laughs> the speed that they exist, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's not advice. So again, make that sleep routine as positive as you can. And sometimes it's an age thing or they can go through stages and I wouldn't freak out. They could do that for a short period of time. It doesn't mean they'll be 23 and climbing in between. <laughs> but <laughs> sometimes they need a little bit more TLC. I, I think just tons of praise for staying in bed throughout the night and way to go and Having a child labeled as a sleep superhero is a good thing. A good sleeper. You know how they, I've heard people, teachers, my friend's a teacher who says, as she calls children, oh, thank you for helping. She says, it's important to say, you're such a good helper. So you can do that with sleep. Mm. You're such a good sleeper. And you stayed in your bed all night long. Yeah. Here's a sticker. And at the end of the week, we get to go to the park because you are a good sleeper. So any of those things can certainly help. But again, it, some of it's age-related. And it's tough because we don't want to disrupt. Parents need all the sleep they can get. 
So hopefully it's transient in nature and hopefully not a lot of hoopla. Yeah. And and those moments generally are fleeting, right? They're not forever. However, when you are in it, it feels like forever and it just feels like it's never going to end. And I think the hard part is not knowing when it's going to end. I find that when I'm going through a difficult time, if I knew when it was going to be over, Mm -hmm. I I would be able to be like, okay, I've just got this much more time and it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And just, huh take the breath and get through it. Yeah. But it's those life is just one of these journeys that you just don't know how it's yeah. going to end up. And so we just got to do the best we can when we're in the middle of it. So just, yes, if you are in that place right now, mama or dada, listen in and just know that it's going to, it's just a temporary thing. You right. can work to fix it. Listen to Terry's and wonderful just advice here. And, right. and at every step from morning to yeah. more the next morning. Anything related to sleep, avoid any negativity. Mm-hmm. Just don't present anything, even if it's walking them back to their bedroom. Not a lot of no's. Don't do that. You're this and that. Just, nope. Okay, just here we go. Yeah. Matter of fact, low-key, boring, like a robot. Keep the lights low. Mm-hmm. Safely go back. Good night. If you could just be as boring as possible. But yeah. But don't pull any negatives. Yeah. Any negatives in. All right. I love that. Well, Terry, I know my listeners are going to love this episode (laughs) and want to follow up with you and find out more. So where can people find you? Oh, yeah. No, this has been fun. I love talking about sleep. But yeah, I can send you some links on anything you need and definitely come back if if anything, if you need any more information. I, I, I have new information every day. I love it. I love it. Okay, so what's your website? Where are you on socials? Things like that. Bettersleep.org. I work with the Better Sleep Council. They have fabulous information, lots of good awesome. sleep hygiene tips, lots of great information on sleep. So it's it's at bettersleep.org, a great, great resource for every family member. And my Twitter is Power of Sleep. And I, I post pretty much every single day as well as on LinkedIn, getting that new research out there. And then, and I pretty much on a regular basis tell everyone to make sufficient sleep, a personal, a family, a classroom, and workplace value. Hmm. Okay. Well, I will definitely have links in the show notes so everybody can find you. And yeah, this this has been wonderful. And then my favorite way to end every episode is with three rapid fire questions. So the first one is, what does minimalism mean to you? To me, that just it has a clear head, calm, and it, it's just something that I've embraced because it just keeps me grounded and serene. Hmm. Love that. Number two, what's one of your favorite pieces of advice that you'd like to share today? Maybe you haven't, or maybe you did, and you just want to really drive it home. I think overall, it's if you have a bad attitude about sleep, change it, learn about it, and Get sufficient sleep for 30 days. And if you don't feel better, I'd be surprised. <laughs> oh, I like that. All right. I love challenges. Yes. And and I think people can get on board with something. Like I said, if you know when the end is, you have a goal, I think that's easy. And so then people really would be able to see the difference there. So, all right. I love it. 30 days, guys. We can do this. And once you get it, you usually get it. That yeah. makes sense. I love it. Once you get it, you usually get it. That makes sense. I love it. Okay. Well, because I was thinking once you get the sleep, you get why you yeah. need it. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Hopefully that's how you yeah. get it. 
Yeah, backwards. Perfect. Yeah. And then what is making you happy right now or in this season of your life? Five dogs, two cats, and two horses. You do live in the country. <laughs> it's just been such a beautiful chapter. And these, I've got these rescue horses. The, my entire childhood, I wanted a horse. I, we didn't. That never happened. And that was okay. We lived in the city. Couldn't have happened. But I just go out at, in the evening and I'm in love. I'm in love. <laughs> oh, so nice. All right. Very cool. Well, that is the first time I've ever gotten that answer. So I love it. <laughs> that is great. Well, Terry, thank you so much for sharing so much fabulous information today. And I'm looking forward to really making sure sleep is a priority in my life so that I can just be a better human. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Sounds good, Deanna. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So what'd you think? I learned a lot today, and I really hope you did too. I love Terry's mission and how she reminded us to not only make sure that we're getting enough sleep, of course, but to also be open to new opportunities that present themselves in our lives. And now it is your turn. I'd love to know what stood out for you the most. Feel free to leave me a comment on Instagram or send me a DM over there. I'm wannabe clutter-free on all the social channels. Or you can come on over to the Wannabe Minimalist family group on Facebook and join in the conversation there. As always, thank you so much for joining me today. If you made it this far, just a quick reminder that I would be absolutely thrilled if you left me a rating for this podcast, as well as a review on Apple Podcasts or a comment on Spotify. Your reviews do make my day, and it helps me be able to book more guests on the show for you to discover and learn from. And special thanks again to Terry for joining us on the show and for being so gracious. Remember, you can find out more about Terry by heading over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 155. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 155. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I'll see you back here next week for a solo show when I will be talking about summer decluttering. I love using the changing seasons as a marker for decluttering. It's actually one of the ways that we keep it simple in our home. We want to keep decluttering simple. And when we have a big season change, it kind of makes it a little bit easier to say, okay, what can we do to get prepared for this new season? I hope you'll join me. It'll be a really fun conversation and we'll have some really simple and tactical things that you can do to work on your summer decluttering. And with that, I'm Deanna Yates. You've been listening to Wanna Be Clutter Free. I'll see you next week. Cheers. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.